This morning's lesson from Psalm comes to us in chapter 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. And and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And from the gospel lesson, Luke 11, 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though you will not get up and give him anything, because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. By praying the Lord's Prayer, we're being made into a people whose, whose journey or adventure with Jesus is one of trusting in him rather than trusting in the securities 
and the crutches in which the world has taught us to trust. You remember the travels of, of the 12 or the 70 that we talked about earlier this summer. Bring no food, no bags or money as you travel. You see, prayer is a sign to the world that God listens and it answers, but more importantly, that God has not abandoned the world to its own devices. God is present as we move in and out from our old ways and means. Ordinary people who have been given the extraordinary authority to be part of the divine, to cast out demons and cure the sick. Yes, to cast out demons and cure the sick. We can still do that. Martin Luther said that whenever the work of Christ occurs, uh, demons move into our action, tries to distract us. So our journey is potentially dangerous. The Lord's Prayer is a mark of the journey that we're on. It names the danger we'll face as well as providing the help, the necessary skills that we that we need for navigating the path that Jesus puts us on. So, so this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, chooses us. We don't choose it. It reaches out to us, it forms us, and invites us into this adventure that we call Christianity and discipleship. As we submit ourselves to discipleship, we learn to be people of truth. And truth is not a set of propositions about the world. Rather, truth is Jesus Christ himself. And we know truth by coming to know this person, Jesus. And we know this person, Jesus, by learning to pray as he taught us to pray. To be a Christian, to, to be a disciple, is to submit one's life to trustworthy authorities who can teach us rightly to pray. So how do we pray? We pray like some poor person who keeps pestering their neighbor at midnight, beating on his door until he gets out of bed and gives him the bread that he needs. We, you and I, join our voices together every Sunday as the body of Christ in the repetition of this prayer and are being reminded that being a Christian is too tough to go it alone. Folks, what we're practicing is none other than public theology. We admit to ourselves and to our neighbors that we would never have known how to pray had not the church reached out to us through baptism and taught us how to pray this prayer. If you ask any pastor any pastor ever, you will find that when it comes time to have someone in the group to pray other than the pastor, people become studious. They look down at what they're studying, what they're reading. They get tremendously busy. They fidget and they try to make themselves invisible. I can see you all smiling. When the words are asked, who would like to pray us out? There's always a deafening 
silence. People just generally don't like praying out loud in a group setting. Folks say they just don't know how to pray. Things haven't changed in 2,000 years, just like the disciples. So we say the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray together. So we say the Lord's Prayer together with the confidence of the children of God. When the disciples ask for a lesson on prayer, Jesus responds with a lesson on the nature of God as the parent. The greatest stimuli to prayer are the awareness of our needs and the absolute dependence upon God and our knowledge and experience of the character of God. Essentially, Jesus is is telling us that only those who know their own need and the love of God as a heavenly parent will be able to pray honestly. And Jesus makes the point about prayer itself in that prayer is not meek. The Lord's prayer is not a meek prayer. It's not contrived or merely a religious act. It's an act of human beings who know how hard it is to be human. Real prayer cannot be faked. Its only prerequisites are self-sufficient knowledge of recognition of the depths of our needs and enough humility to ask for help. Yes, ask. Ask. Really ask. Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Jesus assures us of that. And it's already being given to you in the asking. Our spontaneous, sometimes desperate cries for help seem by the criteria of the experts on this subject pathetically lacking in praise, in thanksgiving, in intercession and the other components requisite to truly God-centered prayer. That is why this prayer, the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray, is so wonderfully refreshing. And perhaps why over the centuries, for 2,000 years, it's remained as the one prayer that even lapsed Christians remember. It does not require us to become anything we are not already. It is profoundly human prayer for human beings that is for creatures in need. Have you ever noticed how quiet prayer is? And when you ask a question of God, how stunningly peaceful it is? I believe it's the way because prayer is not just about God. It's about God in relationship with us. So even in its address and salutation, our Lord's model for prayer includes us, the one who prays. It starts very clearly. Our Father. Whose Father? Our Father. Jesus provides a model dependent upon the whole assumption that this prayer, his prayer, is uttered out of a condition of real necessity. When we pray, we therefore are driven by great need. There is neither the inclination nor the time for hiding the truth or deception. The object of prayer, 
Christianly understood is, is to find ourselves in a relationship with God. And we are dependent. We are guilty. We are lost. And we are vulnerable. And through this honest act of prayer, we find and realize our weaknesses and our source of strength. Our God. Our Father. I believe as we step into prayer, we recognize and state that God exists and is there and will listen. If, if God does not exist, then our prayers are self-defeat. If God exists but doesn't engage with us, then our prayers are just plain whimpering words of foolishness or madness. But if God exists and is Jesus, then our friendship with him is our first concern. It's where we bear all our sins, our griefs, our trials, our temptations. It's like the old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. It's where we bring our troubles and the heavy burdens that weigh us down. Lord, teach us to pray, say the disciples to Jesus. And yes, we pastors hear that same request, meeting after meeting, class after class, Bible study after Bible study, dinner after dinner. Teach us how to pray. There's a lot to be learned in this short but powerful prayer. Jesus' instruction acknowledges the silence with which all who pray have been met. The, the lesson is, is straightforward sometimes. Our persistence in prayer is where we must begin. God's silence notwithstanding, like the friend at midnight, a friend who is initially unresponsive, Jesus suggests that God eventually will wake up, come down, answer the door on which we've been knocking. Prayer says, in so many words, we arouse God. And I believe that Jesus tells us about the prayer is just do it. Just do it. Perhaps the only word that we can utter is help. And that's just what God wants to hear. That's the simplest prayer I know. Other than the Lord's Prayer, the one word prayer of help is perhaps God's favorite prayer. God is in some deep, eternal sense like Jesus. A friendship with him is our first concern. If God is and has chosen to be known by us through the one who is teaching us to pray, then prayer becomes a conversation with the one who is supposed to be our prayer, our friend. Suppose one of you has a friend, Jesus says. He is that friend for those who enter into this holy conversation. It's in him that we, we know whom we are talking when we bow our heads and close our eyes. It is he that we have addressed and included in the conversation for which we were made. It's in prayer that we realize that our entrance into a new relationship with God is our conversation with God and that we understand the need to speak back to God and listen to God's answer. And it is by God's grace that we realize it and we seek it and we yearn for it. Remember this prayer, 
This prayer is a mark of the journey together. It's the prayer that we say together and links us together through our dependence upon God. Not only does God give open and allow us to find God, but God also asks, seeks, and knocks. It's in the call and the response that we are assured that prayer, this prayer, is effective. Not because of our sweet talking or because we have found the right words or that there are so many words that it just... It's because God's nature is of a parent who loves his own and wants to give us in need. Friends, it's in prayer that we bring our needs, our very wants, our concerns to God. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.